Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Pink Bike Podcast. This is episode number eight, and today we're tackling do we need a bigger wheel size standard? But first, I'm your host, Mike Levy, and I'm here with my three bosses, as per usual. Uh, first off, big boss, Brian Park. How's it going today? Good. I'm good. Okay, great. James Smirthwaite is here to read the news. He's all the way from the UK. James, it's Victoria Day here in BC. I just want to say happy birthday to Queen Victoria and ask, how come it's a holiday for us and not for you? She was your queen. Yeah, I know. What a joke. Super what weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's weird. How are you? UK, UK holidays in general are pretty weird. Oh, I'm not familiar I'm, with no, any UK holidays. <laughs> well, like Cumberbund like, Day and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> tea Day. <laughs> tea, yeah. That's a big one. Um, I think they have the like the bludgeoning of the crumpet or something. <laughs> Doily <Yeah>. Day, <laughs> Coronation Street Day. Why are they called bank holidays over there? Because uh, the banks don't open. So the banks but lots of things don't open. So why is it a bank? Why isn't it like a, I don't know, school holiday or like? Haven't you watched Mary Poppins? I've never thought about it that much to be honest. I have watched Mary Poppins, but I don't know how that's relevant. So I wasn't in England and there's, to... watch <laughs> there's banks in it. It's in England. It's very important. <laughs> that other voice, that other voice is my other boss, Mike Casimir. Casimir, how's it going? And did you ride on the weekend? It's going great. And yes, I did ride on the weekend. Yeah. What, what test bike did you ride? Um, I rode, did I ride? I rode the optic one day and I rode that privateer 161. No, I rode uh, the gorilla gravity Nirvana. That's right. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Hard to keep track sometimes. Yeah. Lots of test bikes these days. Yeah. So I've got a question today. It's a silly question, but it's how we're going to start the podcast. Would you rather ride the Whistler EWS race with 20-inch wheels or 36-inch wheels? Now, to answer this question, we're keeping everything else equal, okay? Like, let's just pretend the bikes work for whatever reason. Casimir, 20-inch wheels or 36-inch wheels? I think I got to go 36 because top of the world and those kind of rocky jumbly sections on little wheels, it'd be kind of rough. So I would look really goofy, but I could, I'd ride 36 inch wheels. I'm surprised you picked the bigger ones. I thought Thank you were you. core. I thought you were cool, core. Smaller or, is always better. Yeah. No, that's not Why don't you 26 for life? That's you. <laughs> he's the one commenter and he's got all these aliases. Yeah, he's been commenting on everything <laughs> for years. Yeah. Hey, James, just, what wheel size would you pick? 20 or 20 or big? Yeah, I think I'd go 36. Same reason, really. Okay, I mean, to be honest, if, if Kaz is saying 36, then I think the question's flawed. Yeah. 24 or 36? Okay, Ooh, 24. I'd go 24. Yeah. You go Why? 24 or 36? Because in the steep sections, I feel like the 36 would buzz your ass so hard. Like, 29 you can get away with, but 36 on some of the steep pitches and ride, don't slide and But stuff. if you have a 36-inch wheel, you don't need to be behind the bike. You don't even have to do anything. <laughs> you just sit on it. Yeah, yeah but I want to go turn. I'm going to go 24. I want to turn around. And you think that you think that a 36-inch wheel is going to stop you from turning? And some of those sections, it'd be harder. So 24, I would have more fun. And since I'm not going to win the EWS, I might as well have a good time instead of just being goofy. There's the Casimir so, I know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, Brian, what would you pick? Obviously 36. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like a 24-inch wheel? Yeah, it's a cruiser. Right, it's fun. Yeah, it's a roller skate. James, what did you say? Oh, I, originally I said 36, but maybe maybe I'd go 24. I feel like a 24 has a better chance of making it to the bottom in one piece. So I think that's got to count for something. Okay, well, you and Casimir are wrong because the answer is the biggest wheel size possible. Yeah. But first, before we get into that big wheel size discussion, I'm going to pass it over to James. Like usual, James, tell us about the news. Uh, yeah, so the the big news this week, we've talked a lot about cancelled races and postponed races, but the ECI have now announced what the world 
uh, cup calendar could look like for the rest of the year. So um, we're going to have a four-round XC series and a seven-round uh, downhill series. It starts in September, ends in November, so it's going to be an absolutely packed race calendar if this goes ahead. Um, something else that's quite exciting is we've got double headers. So there's one for the XC in Novi Mesto and two for the downhill at Marabo and Loser. And that's uh, two races in one weekend. So it'd be qualify Thursday, race Friday, qualify Saturday, race Sunday, a pretty action-packed week. It's going to make for an interesting season. I think that we might see some things change. I think we might see some weather. Uh, but also the double header thing, it just makes so much more sense to me. Like they should be doing this at other, like during normal seasons so we could have more races. Is Are the double headers going to be on the same track for the downhills? I don't think we've had confirmation yet, but I assume so, because otherwise it'd have to be an extra day of practice and an extra day track walk. So that'd be an, an eight day event. And that there's just too many clashes for it, it to be possible, I think. So yeah, I, I assume it's the same track. Practice. I wonder if we're going to see people like say, oh, I've got two cracks at this. I'm going to go. I'm not pulling back at all. It's definitely going to make things different on the strategy side for downhill. But I think even more, it's going to make things different for, for the XC side. Was it Levy you were talking about? How they're training differently now? Or they have to train differently? I wasn't. Wasn't it you? No. I Our resident XC guy? <laughs> yeah, like, one XC video. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good video. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Well, their years are all messed up, right? Because they were aiming to peak for Olympics, and now mm -hmm. that's been put back a year. So now they're going to have to peak in September, and then presumably in March again next year. So, well, and, and they're, you know, uh, they're going to have to stop thinking about peaking a little bit if they're... They've almost got to be training for marathon racing. You, yeah, like, I guess so, yeah. Or like a stage race kind of scenario. If they're racing every couple of days, just the, the amount of time to recover is so much less. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like the road guys, they the pro road guys race so freaking much. Yeah, but I mean, it's just it's a change, right? Yeah, you're right. It is a change for sure. Yeah. Breaking uh, news. A change is a change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's good. yeah. Either way, it's cool to see. I'm glad sure. more racing, hopefully. And, you know, the UCI get quite a lot of shit on pink bike, but to be fair, they've they've pulled this out and you know, hopefully the world's in a place where we can we can get quite a lot of racing at the end of this year and um yeah, I think it'd be great to watch. Um so speaking of racing, until that time we've launched our fantasy trivia. So our fantasy leagues obviously can't go ahead throughout the year, so instead we've We've launched the, this this trivia series instead. Um, they're going to be fairly regular quizzes. This was a first one, sort of trying it out. Guys, do you think maybe we went a bit too hard on this one? I think I got I one right, so maybe. Yeah, I don't participate in any trivia. I don't remember anything that happened more than three days ago, so I'm never good <laughs> at trivia. <laughs> I don't. I think people want people want this to be skill based. People want to win on merit. This is the time where people's encyclopedic knowledge of old earthed videos and stuff is going to come is going to shine so Getting may as well give the there. <laughs> yeah the biggest dorks uh one of our ad guys alan crisp i think he watches the earth videos like all four of them every morning yeah easily <laughs> yeah no, it's, he's all about that uh, he's a do it the headliners, headliners yeah too. yeah 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 shout out to alan for was it the first year of fantasy world cup dh fantasy one i think he was in the top 10 yeah for the actual race series yeah he loves this shit he, oh, he's he, super annoyingly good at it yeah he, he got lucky with pay one that's right what, what color were sam hill's pants on thursday practice of <laughs> blah 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 like okay yeah. any 
Anyways, if you're a huge bike dork and you want to win a bunch of shit, the fantasy trivia is kicking off. And you do have to, the fantasy points will, or trivia points will translate over into racing when racing gets going. So to win the overall, if you want to win the bike at the end of the year, you do like, it's a good idea to play the trivia, even just go and guess. Like, it's just like racing, you know, you don't know who's going to win the race. So you make some educated guesses and leave it up. Yeah. Wait and see. (laughs) Some not so good news. Uh, Whistler's opening has been delayed. Um, so it's supposed to be this Friday. You guys were supposed to enjoy Whistmas this weekend. Unfortunately, not now and no set date yet. So we'll keep you updated with that. But um, yeah, quite a shame that um, there's no kind of Whistler opening weekend party this year. But New Zealand had a, had a bike park opening. So that's a good yeah, time. That's not Whistler. <laughs> I don't think they're allowing people into New Zealand. Like I don't think you actually yeah. fly to New Zealand. No, right you now, can't so. fly in there. <laughs> yeah. So that's not fair. Yeah. We, Can you, you can't come there? to Canada either, Kaz. That's also not fair. <laughs> <laughs> Some other race news then. Matthew Vanderpoel announced that all the coronavirus disruption means that he's now uh, going to be racing mountain bikes for another four years. So Vanderpoel originally uh, was only going to race until Tokyo when he was going to aim for the, the gold medal. And then he was going to focus on trying to become a, a road um, grand tour rider. But given the, the disruption, he's staying for another four years and aiming for Paris now as well. I got to say, part of me doesn't like the fact that like, he's like, okay, I'm just going to mountain bike up till this point, And then I'm going to stop. Like, I feel like you should just like, do you love mountain biking? Do you love mountain bike racing? Then you do mountain bike racing. I get being good enough to do both. Like the guy's a fucking <laughs> beast. Don't get me wrong, but I guess it's his job to, to race these things and to win. So yeah, once you, once you win everything, you're probably like, he hasn't won everything. everything. No, but he, tell that's his plan new... is to win everything. Yeah. He just wants to beat Nino in the Olympics, then he can move on. He won't. I think he, ooh. It's four years, we'll see. Yeah. No, wait, it's two. I don't know when the Olympics happen again now. Next year. It happens next year because yeah. it was going to happen this yeah. year. Yeah. So maybe he'll stop after. Nino. I don't totally it. understand the logic about where he was going to try and win and now one more year and this and, yeah, it doesn't. And then he just stops mountain biking? Like Casimir, like you've had a really good ride. Just stop riding. Yeah, I don't understand. But we've seen people well, go did from say he would quit biking. if he if he couldn't ride a mountain bike. That is true. <laughs> well, yeah, because then I wouldn't be mountain biking anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you just wouldn't ride any other type of bike. No, I'd ride a townie. We already talked about this, right? <laughs> no, you, oh yeah, clunker. That was it. Yeah, I would ride the townie. You'd ride the yeah. clunker. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, Matthew Vanderpool. It'd be good to see him do things fast. Yeah, he's he's good at bikes. That's for sure. And it makes it more interesting. There'll be some competition for sure. It's going to, yeah. I think having the world's best athletes in mountain biking is, makes it more exciting. Levy just doesn't like that somebody could possibly be good at more than one thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think it's amazing, but I just think my best friend Nino was more amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Nino. How are you? I hope you're listening. Hope you had a good day. <laughs> have, have good intervals today. <laughs> Um, well, speaking of massive watts and looking good in Lycra, uh, Mike, we we saw your um, your XC explainer went the extra mile for that one for us. So thank you very much yeah. for that. I'm still wearing that same Lycra. You know, it feels really good. <laughs> you just haven't taken it off. Yeah. It feels like a hug all over my body, just like a soft, warm hug. I love it. Um, right. Uh, let's talk bikes then. Um, Dan did another of his. Behind the Numbers series, it's all a bit too clever for me. Levy and Kaz, what what sort of things do you take away from those Behind the Numbers articles? There's a lot to take away. It makes me realize I'm not an engineer, but it is really cool to see Dan can kind of put what we're feeling out on the trail into numbers and you can kind of compare and see 
basically if what we felt can be backed up or disproven by the uh, the actual numbers on paper. Yeah, I think it's super interesting. I'm a sort of of two minds because like Casimir and I, we've been doing this for a long time. And I mean, to be honest, like we go by feel, we do use some timing for sure. But a lot of it, we just go by feel. And, you know, we've got a huge backlog of bikes that we've ridden. So part of me is like, man, it's so cool to see all these numbers, but I don't want to get away from just not that like subjective, like, you know, this is what I got out of the bike kind of thing for bike testing. And we're not going to move away from that stuff. It's neat to see. I'm, I'm always just worried about what if Dan's findings are the opposite of what? What if I'm wrong? Yeah. And I don't <laughs> but think. But you know that you it would be right and wrong. It's, it's really nice to have, you know, and like, I think this is a good example that comments all what the numbers suggest is really similar to what you guys found Yeah, when you're and riding it. For the record, I think they've all been. All, they all have. Yeah. 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 Um, which is good, but like we need, we need that to, it's like trust, but verify, right? I just think it's, it's neat to see that these things, they match what we're saying, you know, after all these years of riding bikes, it's, I kind of do want to toot our horn a little bit that Dan's findings that are based on science match what Casimir and I are feeling, which is just based on experience. It's pretty neat. And it's cool to see, be able to compare numbers of different bikes and actually wonder, you know, why does this bike feel like this compared to why does this bike feel like this? Because one downside of most of the testing that you can do on the trail is that you're, you can only report what you're feeling and what you're feeling can be, there's so much tolerance stack up of like, is it the shock tune? Is it a bad shock? Is it a bad spec decision? Mm -hmm. Did they, you know? We only feel the the bike as an entirety and then we have to parse out the suspension field the geometry the tires and wheels that kind of stuff you know where dan is isolating suspension and one of the things he talks about as a limitation of his numbers is that it doesn't you know when you're talking about anti squat you know they just choose an arbitrary static center of gravity and that doesn't make sense like it's not even the front fork isn't even sagged necessarily in that calculation and they just do it so that you have an apples to apples comparison against what the way most of the industry's talking about it um this week we saw uh, the specialized rock hopper get an update so it's been in specialized lineup since 1985 i think for a lot of people it's their kind of first you know quote unquote proper mountain bike it's you know, sort of a budget XE hardtail. It was my first mountain bike, so I like to keep track on, on what's going on with it. But yeah, they've updated the geometry, the frame's a bit lighter, and, you know, they've got like some 1x12 drive frames in there and stuff like that. So uh, this looks like a, a good option for someone looking to get into the sport. I think they start from about $500, so. It's called yeah. using that name. That's what it's called. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> Nothing wrong I'm with not it, super down with this one. I think you have to have like a QR axle at that price point you can't get something for nothing but we said it a few times in the podcast like geometry's free they could have gone a little bit more it's not like we don't think a 67 or 66 degree head tube angle works just fine on that type of bike like i don't know am i crazy kaz no it's definitely pretty conservative and again we don't i don't want it to be a 63 super long thing but i do think they could have made it a little more modern it's not really a big update to that bike but did you guys see uh, f- the Flowrider Bill um, Revel Rascal? So this was a bike they meant to show at Sea Otter, a Revel, obviously, painted custom and with loads of boutique European parts. I thought it looked amazing down to the white tires. <laughs> Those <wrong>. white tires. <laughs> I don't like the white tires, but it did have some amazing components, like the Ingrid derailleur and all the fancy and suspension. Like, yeah. Definitely caught my eye. Yeah, the thing looked great. 
The white tires are a miss, though, for sure. Sorry, guys. There's no the white tires doesn't go with mountain bike, and we already went through the white stage when there was white forks and white handlebars and all that. So mm-hmm. we don't really need to go back to that. I don't think. Although I don't know, every once in a while I get nostalgic. I look like an SX trail with a white fox fork, and I'm like, oh, that was my era. Yeah, I know. I mean, the white when the Atom Lab, I think the white Atom Lab rims and the white DD bars, and that was definitely a, a time. That was another era, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another great looking bike was that Act 5 P train, named after the Helsinki Airport Metro, which I thought was a, a funny way to name a bike. But um, steel and aluminium um, high pivot trail bike. Don't know if any of you guys saw it, but it was, it was pretty special. I mean, yeah, it's I really just like another project bike. We we obviously love the project bikes <laughs> like we talked about last week. It's really cool. Well, that uh, one's kind of a little more than a project bike because he's going to sell it. So Is it? Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this, yeah it's a German. Look at the pictures. Uh, yeah, it's a German engineering firm that he works for or is like contracting with, something like that. So it could be cool. More on the trail bike side of things rather than like a uh, big downhill bike. But I just really like the look of it. Are do you, how, you've you've it's been a long time now since or a while now since you rode that forbidden do you still think that there are advantages of those high pivot systems even smaller even with less suspension i think they're definitely more applicable to more suspension the short travel thing you just you know getting a little more noise probably a little less efficiency from that that pulley wheel just yeah but i, don't know I heard you guys say things like well there's less suspension so it's more important how the quality of the suspension no, it, it feels great. Not that I would say that might be Levy you're quoting, but yeah, no, I think it's, I do think it's a cool thing. And, and the way that, 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 that forbidden road was really, yeah, it's pretty impressive, especially considering how it doesn't have a ton of travel, but I do think it's more applicable for the bigger bikes. It feels even better there. But I just, I just was riding that deviate Highlander with, with the idler pulley on it as well too. It worked fine. Zero issues. I would just want to say that absolutely zero issues. But I have also ridden a ton of high pivot bikes with idlers, not a handful of high pivot bikes with idlers in the past before that, and they all fell apart or tried to kill me in some way. So I just, <laughs> one of them tried to cut my finger off, man. No way. <laughs> what year was that? I don't know. It was in the early 2000s or something. It was actually, it was a KHS Dominatrix. No, with the yeah. Romex shock. That, that's the good reason. That's the reason. To I don't care. Oh my yeah. god! Seventeen years ago on a shitty bike. Like, you I hate don't them care. Forever. Literally the worst bike you could have ridden seventeen years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, I there were a lot of bad bikes seventeen years ago, and that's one of the worst. I didn't mm-hmm. own it. It was Wayne's bike. What a dumbass. <laughs> Wayne, we're gonna have to have. Ass. We're gonna have to have him on to explain himself. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, and I had a banshee scream. So, so like <laughs> the idler, the idler worked well on that divot, but I could feel it a little bit when I pedaled. It did really well, but yeah, and I mean, I would choose a bike without an idler personally. I think. Mm-hmm. And then um, maybe maybe the best thing I I saw a week was a street BMX video, always fiending Garrett Reynolds raising the bar. I guess insane. Yeah, I don't understand. It makes me still confused how they're doing all of the things. Like every every trick ends with a little just bonus bar spin tail whip off of nothing. I don't. It's ridiculous what they're doing. Garrett is the Brandon of BMX. It's like, you know, he's been around forever and you're like, okay, yeah, he's done his thing. Yep, Garrett, awesome rider, cool. But then it's like, oh, holy shit, maybe he doesn't have a ceiling. Just a reminder every once in a while. It's a reminder too that mountain biking sometimes seems a little, just a little, I don't know the word. (laughs) (laughs) We think we're so cool. Yeah, you know, these guys out there, just doing, I know it's a different thing. It's a, whatever, but these guys are so freaking burly. Yeah. Well, I do nice say that, wear helmets though. 
like oh my god on. and it's just like i don't want to be like mr safety nancy or whatever but like well, guys, look what you're doing it's so crazy like i would wear a helmet but i don't know i mean i'm not gonna tell them to because anybody should be able to do what they want but still i, I worry sometimes well they don't even mom, have brakes mom calves yeah, they don't have brakes. Like you're going to hit a street, like a stop sign with your head and it's going to hurt. Yeah. I think exactly that happens fairly often. Yeah. Well, that's how you know when they do a good trick because their hat comes off. And you're like, whoa, that was a banger. <laughs> we lost our hat. <laughs> 20 feet to flat, your hat comes off. Yeah. <laughs> From the head whip. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Let's move on to reader questions. Uh, we're going to start with a user called Local Motion. Did e-bikes steal the spotlight from a potential gearbox adoption to the mass market, he asks. It seems as gearbox were finally making their debut and then e-bikes came out and nobody talks about them anymore. Uh, he says, as a rider who always pedals up, he would still like to see more gearbox options becoming available among larger mountain bike brands. So Casimir, did e-bikes steal the spotlight from potential gearbox adoption? No, I don't think so. I mean, they... The downsides and potential difficulties of e-box adoption are still there, and they weren't really. There was never like a big push that they were going to become the next thing uh, when the e-bikes started coming out. If anything, e-bikes should make it easier for companies to look into gearboxes because they already are figuring out how to bolt a motor onto the frame and kind of doing those type of things. But it, it, they didn't steal the gearbox adoption. There's just hurdles that are, come with gearboxes. Yeah, it's almost like shitty gearboxes kept gearboxes from catching up. Yeah, grip shift. Yeah. There are lots of challenges with gearboxes, and we will talk about gearboxes in a podcast at some point. Promise. Real soon. We've said this a few times, but we will. The advantages of gearboxes actually play really well with the challenges of e-bikes. E-bikes, one of the things that you don't hear that much about is the, the additional just wear and strain on drivetrains. You, you go through drivetrains way more often and having a slightly poorly adjusted rear derailleur will destroy a cassette like that just because there's that much more power going through it. And having a gearbox where your chain stays in line with the, with the cogs the whole time and the cogs are moving back and forth potentially could be a big help. And the other thing is that gearboxes, the challenge of the gearbox being a little bit heavier doesn't matter as much because you've got a motor. And so, the drag. And the drag. You can overcome the drag a little bit more easily. So I'm still not convinced that that Shimano gearbox pattern that we saw coming doesn't have an electric component to it. That does make the most sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Just, I, it would be so strange to see Shimano come up with a heavy, high-performance gearbox in 2022 or 23 or whenever it looks like they might do that from that patent i don't have any insider info it's just like the way that they're trying to go with that it just doesn't make sense to do it unless you're doing it for an e-bike purpose so our next question is from a big boy it's from pacific north wet he says he's a clydesdale rider that rides reasonably hard reasonably often he's having a hard time not breaking stuff he says he can't ever find a bike or a free hub that could hold him for as long as he would like any recommendations and materials manufacturers models etc uh, he says he would love something to last five years, but he'd be happy with two or three. Casimir, what do you think? I'd really just like to know what he's breaking, you know, what parts are breaking. Like for free hubs, I've had really good luck with the DT Swiss, their ratchet design. Yeah. I think I've only had one fail in the last 10 years or so. You want the um, low engagement version, don't you? Yeah, either 24 or 36 ratchet ring. It just seemed like those work a little better. Um, and then for frames, I mean, just some kind of tough aluminum frame would be the way that I would 
would go. But again, I'd just like to know exactly what's happening. I think a lot of a lot of it is using common sense and realizing that nothing nothing comes for free. Like look at your look at the frame weight and don't don't try and negotiate your way around a bike that weighs a couple pounds more. Like if you weigh a couple pounds more, your bike needs to weigh a couple pounds more. Your bike more. should weigh 35 pounds, like whatever, you know? And look for things that have big pivots. Look for things that have the right alloy design. Like if you look at an alloy design and you go, oh, this bike is a little bit heavier than the competition. I'm trying to think of a good bike example. Commonsall being heavier than the competition? Well, yeah. Like if you look at a, at a Commonsall frame weight versus a Scott frame weight on their alloy bikes or, or versus a specialized frame weight, the specialized are very light on their alloy bikes. Go, you go and it doesn't come for free. You know, the weight, a good design can make up for, can make a bike nice and strong, but it does, there is a limit to that. So find a bike that's a little heavier, find like a frame that's a little heavier, choose a 38 over a 36 fork and, uh, yeah, nothing comes for free. Okay, so let's move on to the next question. It's from Pepaz, and he says, uh, by the way, any new standards on the horizon, Brian? Funny oh. you should ask. Um, th- we should talk about the the wheel size, new wheel size stuff in a minute, um, but before everybody getting angry. flips their desks. Yeah, I can, I can feel their fists yeah. clenching all over yeah. the world. Let's talk about other stuff. Well, it doesn't seem like there's a ton of jam on the new... Uh, steer tube thing you saw it at uh, Eurobike last year. That's a 1.8 inch Suntour fork uh, on the front of that mm-hmm. e-bike. No, I haven't seen that on anything else. Do you think that the 38 and these bigger bigger forks are kind of visually they're big enough to to satisfy the problem yeah. that goes through? Yeah, the so we're seeing we'll address. see different crowns and stuff like a different crown shape to better match those huge head tubes on the front of e-bikes and normal bikes with larger mm-hmm. head tubes. But we've also seen that elliptical steer tube from Fox as well. Now that's trying mm-hmm. to solve a whole different thing than that 1.8 inch. The 1.8 inch, they admitted it was mostly a cosmetic thing, those yeah. huge e-bike head tubes. But no, we're not going to see it in mountain bike world. No. Seems like spacing is pretty we've got sort of battle lines are drawn doesn't seem like thing anything's nobody's coming out with 164 or something yeah i haven't heard or seen anything changing on that front we saw the srams udh last year so we did see some things change in the derailleur world and i think down the road that's going to lead to some other big changes but no i i don't know for sure those types of drivetrain changes don't have that's a a pretty easy change for manufacturers to swap out at at most a chain stay or a seat stay or or they can just change the change the um dropout itself when you were on a 26 inch bike kaz did you ever think like before that you'd ever heard of 29ers did you ever think you know what these wheels are too small no because i didn't i didn't but i'm not i never knew that i can't see the future like yeah glad we've gotten that (laughs) out of the way early in this is not boating well for casimir so far (laughs) (laughs) um so that question came up and I was like, we should, we should find out. Like we've got our suspicions, but we should find out. So I reached out to a bunch of uh, industry people and put some feelers out and a surprising one came back. Well, I did not expect, um, Travis Brown of Trek told us that he was, um, that he was experimenting with this. It's still very experimental, but we were like blown away that he would tell us. And so we sat down for a little interview. 
If you followed cross-country racing in the 90s and the 2000s, you've probably heard of Travis Brown before. He was a regular on the World Cup circuit before transitioning to doing more domestic racing and then eventually hanging it up in 2005 and focusing on product development with Trek. And these days, he's the field test manager running an entire crew of riders who are working on products that we're going to see in the future. Travis, how's it going today? It's going well. Nice to see you, Mike. Nice Great. To see you, Good to see you again, too. It's been a while. It has. <laughs> yeah. So, Travis, a little birdie tells me that you've been riding some interesting and larger wheel sizes lately. Can you confirm well, or deny? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what bird got out of the cage, but uh, we have been messing around with some unusual wheel sizes, which has always been interesting, you know, from the 26-29 comparison and mixed wheel platforms and 27.5 and those kind of things influence the character of a bike so much. So yeah, we're still messing with that. So you, I mean, just for some background, you were sort of at the forefront of pushing some mixed wheel size stuff at Trek quite a long time ago. Like you did that 69 bike, how many years ago? Uh, that was probably about 15 years ago, 14 years ago, we started doing that. So it might be that the things that we're talking about now are still 15 years away. You know, it could be, uh, hopefully if we discover something that has a performance advantage, we don't have to let it languish that long for the Mm -hmm. right landscape, but there are a lot I mean, of factors. I've heard people love people love new standards in the bike industry. <laughs> They're clamoring for this. Especially right. new wheel sizes, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> You're just beating them off of sticks right now. Yeah. yeah. Well we 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 have we're kind of all enduring, you know, twenty six to twenty nine, back to twenty seven and back to twenty nine. And yeah. um I, I think there's some some a little bit of sour taste in consumers mouths when they look back across that whole spectrum and yeah um, understandably fair so enough. in some cases for sure yeah yeah and you Do were you also be- in the thick of it in the development of 29ers as well too weren't you was when i moved into the r&d department um you know we still had the trek brand and the fisher brand independently and the fisher brand was our 29 inch wheel platform brand mm-hmm. um and we, you know, honestly struggled with that wheel platform under that brand for nearly 10 years before the rest of the biking world decided, yeah, it's, that's probably pretty good for some applications. We should, we should try it. And ironically for the Fisher brand, it, as it got absorbed into Trek, as like the Gary Fisher line in, in Trek, was right around the time where it didn't seem like the European market was going to ever adopt the 29 inch wheel. Mm-hmm. And then almost overnight, there were a couple German mags that did some field tests and said, Hey, this works really good. And the next year, 29 inch wheel bikes in Europe were huge. So I don't so, know how you predict that kind of thing. I'm just going to come out and ask Travis, what, what wheel sizes have you been testing? Well, We've done a little experiment. We've continued to experiment with mixed wheel platforms, um, not with the idea that we're going to go to production with it, but because it gives us a really good understanding of the independent roles of the front and the rear wheel. Um, but we've been also messing with 
diameters larger than 29 to see if there's efficacy and and where that space might land and what the advantages and what the Come liabilities are. How much larger? What Get are the inches? <laughs> what are the inches? 40? Uh, I don't know. Besides maybe a penny tharp farthing, any tires that, that would exist to try something in 40. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure you could build a bike. But there are tires. Uh, there are 32-inch tires, and there are 36-inch tires. And the quality compared to what enthusiasts are accustomed to of those tires is pretty low. So that kind of influenced this is the impression. But you can ride those platforms and, and learn a lot about what the potential might be for larger wheel sizes. So can you tell us a bit about the bikes, the mules that you're testing? Uh, yeah, I can tell you a little bit about them. I mean, they're as, as simple as it gets. I mean, it kind of goes back to the eighties and nineties. They're, they're rigid hardtails, you know, that way you don't have to, um, cross the hurdle of suspension. Um, you know, the size and packaging when you don't have suspension travel is much easier with those be it what would be considered an extreme wheel size, which is a 36 inch wheel mountain bike. So, um, we're doing our testing on, on rigid mules and comparing those to rigid 29 inch wheel bikes. And have you guys had tires and rims made for this? Obviously I assume. We uh, have used what exists from a tire standpoint and, um, you know, we do custom frames and forks and aluminum extrusions are really easy to roll into whatever diameter for the um, rim. For the rim. Yeah. But we haven't done uh, custom tires and you would think that would be in doing a custom tire in 29, you know, for an R&D project is pretty easy. But that's because all the vendors have tooling to, to create that size. So just cutting a mold and applying it to the existing build drums and the ovens is not that big of a challenge. There are very few tire manufacturers that have tooling to produce tires larger than 29 inch. So, um, and those vendors um, are a little more economy based tire manufacturers. So the quality isn't quite what we're accustomed to. So with shitty tires and rigid mountain bikes, how do you extrapolate your results? To, like, how do you compare that to existing bikes and what those advantages might be? And that's, I mean, that's kind of the big question at this point in trying to evaluate larger wheel sizes. But what we do is we just put the same shitty tires on the 29-inch wheel mule. Um, so we kind of eliminate that variable. Yeah. You're not and, testing ass guys versus, you know, just like a generic tire. <laughs> right, right. Yes. So you find the same case in construction. So it's a two-ply, low-thread count, wire bead tire. And then you just do a little math between the, those and try to find a weight that's the right comparison. So the, the tires that we're riding right now, say on, on a 36 inch mule, it's a 1700 gram tire um, and in a 2.25 width. So that's, there's a, there's a lot of weight penalty in there that just has to do with the construction quality. So, and it's, it's a 1700 gram tire that doesn't, wouldn't, need to be a 1700 gram tire like you know we, we're used to heavy 1400 gram tires for big downhill and enduro applications but this right. is a 225 or 2 
to something yeah, so if very you, small, very if you scale there. that back, um, the comparable 29 inch wheel that we're testing is in the 12 to 1300 gram mm -hmm. range for gotcha. a 225 trail tire. So we all know that that should really be an eight or 900 gram tire for the best quality of what we're accustomed to. So that's kind of a, uh, a big filter that you try to work through in your, in your comparisons. So what's the verdict? Uh, I think uh, what <laughs> a lot of people right now, Travis, are sitting there going, 36? Right. I just got a 29er, 36. Why? And what is different on the trail? Well, the I mean, the reason to, to um, experiment with both 32 and 36 is that that's what exists. And, and the reason to try 36 is, you know, in our, like when we prototype stuff, and we're field testing, whether it's suspension tune or tire inserts or geometry, we try to put some pretty broad bookends in, the, in that performance comparison to start with so that people can really clearly feel um, what the differences are and if they're preferable. And then we start moving those bookends in with smaller and smaller differences to find the point where either the test group and the riders can't tell a difference or they, they don't care, you know, I would take this one or this one. And, you know, that's a point where you can't really refine, refine the evolution anymore. Can you describe to me how that 36er feels? Well, first, it's, it's pretty heavy for a rigid hardtail. You know, it's about that mule, I think, is about 32 pounds. The, the characteristics... Um, you know, by comparison to 29 that we find with these larger diameters, and you would, you could guess this from comparing 26 and 29, but the, the negative characteristics are that it's heavier, even if you didn't have that tire quality challenge. Um, the wheels are less stiff because the spokes are longer and the, the hoop is bigger. There's a little more inertia to the wheel. So it's the, harder to accelerate. It's a little harder to accelerate. Um, but that inertia has a positive side too. Um, it's easier to carry speed through rough terrain than with a smaller wheel. The, because of the characteristic of the contact patch being longer, you're engaging more knobs. So both, um, climbing and braking traction are better and cornering traction is better. So when you're in a type of terrain where you can take advantage of those positive characteristics, they might outweigh the negative characteristics. Have you been doing time testing back to back on these 32s and 36ers versus like a 29 or even a 27.5? And what's the result? Yeah. Um, well, what we found, what we learned with 26 to 29 comparison is that, that time lapse is really important because there's something about the larger wheel that extra weight and the inertia of the larger diameter that almost always feels slower um, and, and more stable. And we perceive that as riders frequently as being slower. But, you know, we found this with 26 and 29. You could ride equal 26 and 29 inch bikes on the same course. If you didn't time it, you'd swear the 26 inch wheel bike was faster. And almost all off-road conditions you know, if it was a closed loop, climbing and descending, and you put a clock on it, the 29-inch wheel was almost always faster. 26 isn't faster, it's just sketchier. 
Right. Yeah. So that that that's that instability that you get from a smaller wheel, stiffer wheel, you know, we perceive that as we're going faster because we're closer to the limit of control. Yeah. Um, but that window moves, you know, with the wheel size. So yeah. So all things being equal, Travis, which bike are you faster on? Are you faster on a twenty nine er, and are you or are you faster on a thirty six er? You guys should see the glee in Levy's eyes. I'm <laughs> just like making, <laughs> he's just making people's blood vessels burst. He knows. <laughs> Trolling um, not so softly here. Well, to the degree that we've been able to do comparisons um, on like different terrains, there are definitely some terrains and trails that you're faster on the larger wheel size. So I, I would guess the rougher stuff. Rougher stuff. Um, if there's stuff that has like high speed sweeping flat turns, you know, the larger your corner speed is higher. If there's stuff where you're braking really hard and like dumping your momentum and then you have to directly have to accelerate again, you know, those circumstances are faster on a smaller wheel. So um, I think that the most accurate way is to just find the, the characteristics that a 26 might be faster than a 29. It's the same for something larger than a 29. So if I think back to the days of 26 versus 29, I think at the time, one of the biggest scary things for people was, was cornering on a, with a bigger wheel. Like, Oh my God, we're never going to be able to get this around tight switchbacks. We're never going to be able. And then on top of that, you know, uh, we had, uh, reaches growing, exponentially um at the time and it's wheelbase used to be a really scary number for manufacturers it's like if we're going to increase the wheelbase and grow the wheel size oh my god what's this is going to be so cumbersome mm -hmm. that fear's kind of gone away but i could see that being a concern when you go that drastically up to 32 or even to 36 right is that something how does it how does it corner i mean i i had that a similar concern you know for you know, backcountry switchbacks, tight switchbacks. And I think what I've learned from this experiment is that uh, appropriate front rear weight bias for cornering, whether that's uphill or downhill, is really crucial. And tire grip is really crucial. So say on the, the 36 mule, um, that chain stays really long, even though the front center is really long. So your front wheel bias weight is higher than on most bikes. That makes up for a lot of the extra length and actually it corners switchbacks really well. Right. There aren't that many switchbacks that it that are so tight that the length of the bike, whether that wheelbase is a thousand or twelve hundred, you're not gonna get around there. So and that's one thing like a 36 or the overall length of the bike is really long, but that's a lot different than the wheelbase. Mm -hmm. What are we looking at here for head angles and, and offsets on these bike? I assume they're all custom and pretty out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, you know, we're talking about a 36 inch wheel that it's pretty gargantuan. And with this mule, we've done some similar things that we did when we were 26, 29 comparison. And we've used offset to standardize head angle and trail figure. So the offset uh, on this mule is huge. You know, it's around 90 millimeters. Oh boy. Um, wow. And that's to get a trail figure 
that's comparable to a 29 inch wheel bike with a 69 degree head. How does that, how does that huge offset feel at lower speeds? Those, you know, half mile an hour corners. Um, it actually, the, the sense that cornering like flop that you might get at lower speeds has way more to do with the trail figure than it does the offset. Mm -hmm. So that, that was something that we learned in this, like, you would think that big offset would make it really fall in, but it it feels much it feels really close to a twenty nine inch wheel with a same it, offset. So I imagine that would get exaggerated at like a sixty five degree head tube angle, though. Well, we we haven't tested that. Mm -hmm. um, you know the the geometry and shape of the fork already to get to ninety millimeters mm -hmm. of offset already kind of looks a little bit like a chopper you know it's it's definitely worth experimentation to find where those limits are you know that's part of the exercise is pushing the bookend out beyond what you think's practical and then proving yourself right or wrong so let's switch gears from the from the nuts and bolts of it because it sounds like there are some advantages and some clear disadvantages from a more maybe not commercial, but from a more practical standpoint, like what do you think the future of wheel sizes is in mountain biking? Like, do you think it's inevitable that we're going to have a bigger wheel size either, either or both? Well, I, I mean, you see in the, in the boutique builder um, mm -hmm. space, you know, there's some enthusiasm for 36ers or 32 inch wheel bikes. And that's an opportunity for those small custom builders you know, and that cycle just continues with the small builders and the big, the big manufacturers. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure if, you know, we're interested in, in looking into if there might be a potential advantage that we're not the only ones. Mm -hmm. So what that, how that field science comes back and then how it overlays the opportunities in the marketplace, mm -hmm. which sometimes those circles overlay right on top of each other but more often there there's a pretty small part of that venn diagram where there's a community space and fortunately for for the guys in r d we don't have to worry about the the trends and and the marketing and the the taste and the fashion as much you know we just our responsibility is to just build a performance profile it does this better it does this not as well so everybody that's out there right now that's already getting angry about this, there is no 2022 Fuel EX with giant wheels. This is experimenting. You guys are figuring things out and, you know, just just for experiment's sake, it sounds like. Yeah, and, and it's valuable to our existing wheel platforms, you know? It's valuable to the decisions that we make with 26, 27, 5, and 29. You know, having that extra data point and what happens when you change wheel diameter informs everything that you do mm -hmm. with wheel diameter. Mm -hmm. So if everything else, just this is where in make, make believe land you yourself for your perfect bike, you're, you said you're six, six, one ish. Yeah. And if you were building, let's say your perfect cross country hardtail today, what wheel size would it have? With good tires. Uh, yeah, good, good tires. Imagine everything. You could have You could have any wheel size with good components. I would probably try 36. 
if I had to, if like I had one like fully custom ticket to spend mm -hmm. with what I know now and what I've experienced, I would spend it on a 36 inch wheel race. That says a lot. Yeah. That's super interesting. Yeah. You know, we've talked about the limitations in terms of testing, but if there's, if there are some advantages that like there, like it sounds there are, would it be for everyone? Um, Levy's tired of hearing me beat this drum, but not this again, <laughs> right? Is, do you think that wheel size is tied to rider size and in intended use or, or could it, would a 36 inch wheel or a 32 inch wheel just be the magic bullet for everybody? Well, it's, it's definitely tied to rider size, but it's tied to a handful of other things too. So, um, what characteristic does the rider want is a mm -hmm. big part of it. I think through this exercise, we speculated that maybe my size rider might be the lower limit to utilize the wheel size. I think it's lower than that. I think it's, I think with all the tricks that we learned on making a really small two niners and all the geometry exercises we've done with long travel two niners, um, you could pro if somebody wanted that, 36 inch wheel characteristic or the efficiency for a given terrain, you could probably make a medium bike. So you're saying that my boss, Brian Park at five foot one, maybe could get on a 36. <laughs> Tinder, Tinder five, two, Tinder five, two easy. <laughs> He's five foot eight. He says everybody. <laughs> I, I think you could make a, I think you could make a 32 inch wheel bike for someone that's mm -hmm. five, one with a lot of geometry acrobatics, but for XC, I think someone no. for XC. So like my short travel, like probably not a hundred mil fork. Yeah. My, and what would happen? In, what would happen if we were talking about trail bikes? Um, depending on the amount of travel, it looks like there's potential for a larger wheel size, but, uh, I have to speculate a lot because we haven't tested full suspension bikes. Mm -hmm. I would say a hundred to 120 millimeters of travel. They're probably could be some adaptation for wheels larger than 29, but larger than that, you just can't package it. Okay, man. Well, Hey, thanks a ton for sitting down with us. I'm very curious to see where things go. Obviously the industry and commercial perspective of these things is going to, is going to play a factor. I'm sure somebody is going to be reading the comments below. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know, I, people are definitely going to be messing with this for a while. And mm -hmm. depending on what happens with tires, I, I see that as the kind of the biggest restriction on really feeling into what the potential is of larger diameters than 29. Um, I would bet that when, you know, one of the quality tire manufacturers or someone commissions a prototype of a really high quality tire, our, understanding of what the potential is will experience another breakthrough i can confidently say we we're, we don't have a, a pipeline production project um but you know i speak for i think everyone in my r d group is that the projects that are pure r d exercises are always the most fun because there's the most unknowns and there's you know the least tethers as far as will it be like successful as a production bike? So you have a lot of freedom to try stuff. All right, Travis, thanks for indulging our questions. And we definitely are going to be hitting you again on this topic because we'll want to hear where it goes. 
All right, well, I'll send you a picture of me riding one when you send me a picture of you riding one. Okay, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Travis, thanks. Take care. All right, thanks. Bye, guys. Well, that was one hell of an interesting conversation there with Travis. He mentioned a few times, but I'm also going to stress it again, too, that we're not going to see 36-inch or 32-inch wheel bikes anytime soon. They're playing around with stuff, and that's... Review tomorrow. Yeah, review tomorrow (laughs) on PB. (laughs) Uh, But no, definitely not that. James, I want to take it to you right off the bat here. What did you you think of all that stuff that Travis said about 32-inch and 36-inch wheels? Are you convinced? Is it the future? I'm... Not convinced, no. Um, I think some of the limitations you mentioned, obviously, uh, in terms of travel, like I think that's going to be a real issue for some people, like 100 to 120 millimeters. It just isn't going to be enough for some people. But you have those big wheels. You don't need any travel. (laughs) You might need a bit more than 100 millimeters. I mean, I don't know. I've not ridden them. I remember when I was at at Steve Jones, went and rode their kind of early prototype 290 downhill bike. Lo and behold, you know, less than a year later, there it was in the World Cup circuit, and six months later, there it was on sale. I didn't think this is going to be anything like that sort of time scale, but it's really cool to peek behind the curtain and, and see, you know, what they're working on, what they're developing, and yeah, how they uh, how they approach that that side of things. And I will say that I spoke to uh, a few brands about it, and Travis uh, and Trek were the only ones willing to go on the record about what they're testing and trying, and not which not is that, pretty cool. Yeah, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, it's fair enough that people don't want to talk about the stuff they're testing. That is a commercial advantage too, but yeah. But especially with when it comes to wheel size and bigger wheel size, if someone was coming out with a smaller wheel size, I think they would definitely want to talk about it. But because it's bigger, it's automatically going to make everybody angry. Speaking 20, of that, Catherine, what's your opinion? <laughs> I'm not angry. I just think it's funny how much you guys are hopping aboard this like, oh, 36 inch wheels. When we covered these in 2013, there was a brand and I put it up in our randoms with 36 inch wheeled mountain. Dude, bike. like that's just like 27.5. It's been around. It was around for a long time before major mountain bike companies picked it up and put R&D towards it. But I mean, have you seen pictures of Shaq on his 36 inch wheel bike? Yeah, it looks like it again. fits him, but I don't think it's going to fit you. That, I mean, that's not the point, though. That's not. So the, what are we? I don't know what we're arguing about. So, well, let's let's. Just like, argue. Glad <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're here to speak for the people who are wrong, but uh, we should. I can't wait to, to see you on one. Your feet aren't even going to touch the ground. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, before we before Let's we really get into this, first. yeah, I, I just want to also say like we're not talking about the people here who want to go out and jump and and even ride park. Let's just talk about like trail bikers? riders. We're not talking about mountain bikers. Those people are mountain bikers too, but let's talk about mountain bikers as in trail riders, people who might benefit from larger wheel size. I think we should, it's it's a trap to always couch things in terms of performance, meaning speed. Performance can mean other things. It can mean tricks and park and jumping and this and that. And there's no, just like we thought 29ers were terrible for jumping and stuff and sending it or downhill racing, and then it turns out that for some people they're not, um, there might be some merit there, but I think we should have a good faith argument about where the where we'll see the advantages of bigger wheels first, for sure. Mm. But let's talk about disadvantages first. Let's get that out of your system, Kaz. Where <laughs> where do you think that there will be some disadvantages? Well, obviously the weight, like you, you know, the, mm-hmm. like Travis was talking about, it's a full rigid uh, yeah. hardtail and it weighs 32 pounds, which isn't, you know, that's as much as like an enduro bike weighs. The tires, he's got some kind of, fairly crappy tires but they're 1700 grams each so even if you shed a bunch of weight you're still going to be looking at almost downhill tire weight there 
and there's the fit fact as well. Like, you know, it's already not everyone can fit 29ers currently. Mm-hmm. Really short people can't, or they they can, but it's a little more difficult. But with a 36-inch wheel bike, that's going to be even more difficult putting it on your bike rack. <laughs> that is not a good reason to stop progress. <laughs> no, and I'm not trying to stop progress. I just think it's funny how people get so excited and like, it's the next big thing. We discovered it where I don't feel like this is the next big thing. It's going to be an interesting niche and maybe you'll see some XC dudes doing it. But like, mm-hmm. even like Travis said, when you're limited by how much suspension travel you can have, I do see it kind of in that more hardtail, short travel mm-hmm. crowd. Someone wants something a little bit different. Yeah, which is where we saw 29ers first too. Yeah, but I, I I mean, maybe some genius can figure out how to package suspension and make this work without the tire hitting your ass, but there are limits mm-hmm. and, you know. Casimir, everything you're saying are the same things that were said about 29ers a handful of years ago. The human body is only so tall, though. My legs are only so tall yeah. and the distance between me and the ground. So there are actual limits. Like, you can't just make penny farthings with two wheels and call them good, but. Um, totally. Yeah, I also, there was a thing, when, when Travis was saying that they were working on the offset of the bike and they gave it like a 92 mil offset, that's what they did before and I don't know I why know. they're doing that again. That's a crazy, that's like, the wrong thing. When you make Agreed. a new, like, sorry Travis, you probably know this, but when you're making a, a new bike, you don't need to make it feel like the other wheel size. You need to make it feel good in the wheel size it has. So like when 29ers first came out, they wouldn't go below like a 69 degree head angle because it had to be steeper than a 27.5 bike to yeah. handle the same as 27.5. And I, that's not the answer. And we've shown that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like whatever development happens with these, they should be just working on making the bike feel as good as it can as the bike it is. It doesn't need to be compared to anything else. But that's my little side note. I agree. I do think that just like with 29, there's going to be some huge growing pains with geometry. You know, what what Travis and Trek are testing right now is going to be nothing like a viable commercial product down the road but you have to go through that we've learned so much from going from 26 to 29 back to 27.5 then back to 29 that i think it's going to be a quicker development with bigger wheel sizes we'll be able to extrapolate a lot more info where things are going to get complicated is with mixed wheel sizes but i also think that's where a big advantage could be like you said there are limits to how big a wheel can be especially on the back before you buzz your ass um but one thing Travis said that I thought was really interesting hadn't really occurred to me is that maybe you don't need to be so far off the back when your wheels are that big. It's interesting. Yeah, but if you have more suspension, more when it happens. That's mm-hmm. why we were talking about the mm-hmm. suspension limit. You know, yeah. like a, you usually buzz your ass more on like on a downhill bike because that wheel's moving up six or eight inches. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, the other things like for sure it'll be a challenge. Brands have to design more around more different wheel sizes. It make thing, makes things harder for them. Like doesn't seem like brands are even ready to have different chainstay lengths per size, let alone different wheel size per size. So that, that would be a challenge. And oh my God, I feel bad for, for shops. If you have to have four or five different viable mountain bike wheel size things to keep in stock for rims or tires or spokes, it's hard enough being a shop in 2020, let alone in 2024 when yeah, effort like Max is adding another skew to their catalog. Like, <laughs> oh my I mean, god, there's so many. <laughs> yeah, like thirty progress for most of those things that you guys are saying though. Like I don't Say care again. about I don't care about the skews and mm-hmm. and, and no, I get the, practica- the the practical challenges of it. Um, We're just letting Kaz feel good about himself before I come in with like the truth. Let's, what yeah, is let's the hear truth? your truth. No, I want to know. What is the what, truth, like, Brian? As far as I see it, this will be a little niche that exists. And it's like, it's fine. And people will hype it up because it's different because they so love different things. But I don't for, see it taking over. For aggressive riding, 
can we all get on the same page that the biggest wheel size you can fit on on your bike or on your body is the one that gives you the most performance well like aggressive trail riding kind yeah of stuff. i yeah. mean just we may as well yeah yeah call it call it trail bike yeah I, I would agree with that like the biggest wheel you can fit in there all things being equal all yep. things being equal will have the most performance in terms of speed like you know if you're if you value performance of throwing 360s down the trail you know if you're curvories then maybe not but i don't do that that often yeah on purpose yeah so but if you're talking about performance the biggest wheel size for your size is is the best one are we all on the same page yep kaz hold i out. think i think so yeah maybe kaz like you're wants to disagree a, you're faster <laughs> on a 29er than a 27.5 yeah i'm just wondering like i've never ridden a 36er i've only ridden a penny farthing which i'm ahead of all <laughs> you guys because none of you have ridden a penny farthing but the <laughs> i'm just wondering what true like, you're, doing, you're doing deep research <laughs> yeah here. i went further i went to the investigative journalism <laughs> yeah they say everything comes around and so we're coming back to mm-hmm. mixed wheel sizes big front wheel yeah, yeah. absolutely I'm just, I just wonder what it feels like to get these wheels up to speed, like acceleration. Okay. So if we're on the same page, like there's better rollover, there's, you know, there's going to be more weight to get up to speed, but it will carry speed better. Yeah. And your Travis mentions your contact patch is bigger. So I don't disagree with a lot of the limitations, but oh, and (laughs) the best possible thing about it is that it proportionally lowers your center of gravity. It doesn't actually lower your center of gravity, but you are lower than the axles. So you feel more stable in the bike. And I would, I think I would disagree. Travis is very good to not uh, presuppose anything, but I'm going to go ahead and stick my neck out. I'll write an op-ed about this and, and people can yell at me, but I firmly believe that wheel size is, should be tied to bike size. Just the way reach is tied to bike size. You know, there's no reason for you and me to ride the same reach or the same crank length, maybe if we had more options or the same bar width, if I had different shoulders or whatever. And I think that the ultimate bike, the perfect quote unquote, perfect geometry and perfect bike for any given person would be to click and hold shift and drag up and down proportionally. So everything changed proportionally based on your height, the levers that you have. Is that, are we on the same page there? Or or do you think that one size should fit all for, from Christina Cipetta through Radic? Like for wheels? I mean, I think yeah. one size can fit all just because, but I do think if you're trying to make it as optimum, optimized as possible, yeah, it makes sense that mm-hmm. a shorter person would have smaller wheels and kind of like we see now with 27.5 as, as a small size for a lot of brands, catalogs, and then 29. So I just feel like if I can be on a trail bike, like the right size of wheel for me on a trail bike today is a 29 inch wheel then there's zero reason for a guy like Radic to be on a 29-inch wheel trail bike. Radic is very tall, everybody. Radic is very tall. He's like 7 foot 14. Easily 7 foot 14. I just don't see why he wouldn't wouldn't potentially benefit from a 32 or or bigger wheel size. Because the wheels will fold over in the corners? I mean, but those are all the same things people said about 29. We There are other things we can do. It did take a while, but until I we've already done to, this journey once yeah, i think we exactly. could do this journey quicker now Cass. we can do it way quicker again <laughs> although to be fair 36 29 to 36 is a bigger jump than 26 to 29 i'm not good at math but those numbers it's are actually 10 percent each time 29 to 32 and 32 to 36 10 percent growth each time 32 to th- no, no you said 32 to 36 29 to 36 20 yeah so what i'm proposing 
is that we have five sizes of bikes. <laughs> yeah, we should and definitely do that. He has a formula, Casimir. Yeah. He has I do a, formula. a formula. We're getting yeah, to cool. it. Yeah. I can see you reading his notes here. It's hard enough to get like 2.5 inch tires and 2.4, but we can have... <laughs> Let's hear the formula. Well, no, it's... Uh, I'll, I'll, right, I'll write it off so people can see it. But the basic mm-hmm. thing would be that... <laughs> Rain man. Would be that there's a ratio of your height to your wheel size that is the right thing for any intended use. So just like... For me, at 5'7", if I'm on a... I should be on a 29-inch trail bike. On a downhill bike, I should be on a 27.5-inch bike, for sure. 29-inch downhill bike is too much for me. It just moves too much. It's too cumbersome. Have you ridden one? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, not extensively. But you you don't want my opinion on downhill bikes anyways. I should not be on a, on a, on a big Trek Session 2.9. Like, that is a big... That's too big for me. You might like it. Uh, maybe then then we have to shift the whole thing over again then it's even more wrong <laughs> yeah then we need then we need 32s for everybody <laughs> <laughs> i just think that we could probably go to a place where if you're five foot something you top out at a 29 inch wheel for xc and 27.5 for trail and 26 for a downhill bike or something like that and then if you're five seven five eight you have a 29 inch or you have a 32 inch wheel xc bike 29 inch trail enduro ish thing 27.5 downhill bike and then so on and so forth like you know if you're 6.3 then then you would have a 36 inch wheel xc bike 32 inch wheel sort of trail enduro ish thing and 29 inch wheel downhill bike and that's how those things would shift in a perfect world is that I mean, crazy I disagree I, it makes uh, it makes sense it seems like it Oh fuck it's yeah! A lot of work. That? Do you hear that? It makes it's sense. just so yeah. much work. Where sometimes people might have to just compromise because the viability of making all these wheel sizes. But then how can you how can you write an ad that says no compromises? Yeah, they can't be game changing without making some new exactly. new things. <laughs> it's got to be game changing and kill the quiver. The yeah, XC bike. I mean, it would probably be faster, but again, it's just and maybe so a thirty two inch front front wheel on a trail bike. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I've never ridden any of these. So I can't say, I'm not going to dismiss something as not without riding it, but I do think it's silly to, there's so many more things I'd like to see so improved much more in the fun current state. Just talk shit. I know. <laughs> just like, there's things in the like mountain bike world right now I'd rather see fixed before we start hopping on other, like, we're making it bigger again. Yay. Totally. Like, we're, this is I don't not a feel, practical discussion here, though, boys. This is in fantasy. But it land. almost is because they're it's actually working on it. So <laughs> it's not fantasy. We talk to them. It's it real. Is, yeah. It is, but we're not actually going to see a 36er production bike. I mean, there's companies no, that I make think, them right I now. I think we'll see a 32. No. I, yeah, so they, the like weird handmade things for sure. But I'm talking normal we'll stuff. See. Like you're not walking into your bike store and seeing a 36er in 2025. I'm just going on record to say that. Five years. Do you think we see a 32er? Yes. Yeah, me too. Yep. Casmer? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt that that would happen. Yeah. And then do you think that there's a benefit? For the way I ride? No. But for an XC guy that's doing things, he probably could. Oh, man. Mixed wheel I, size, 32er. I think you'll be on it in five years. I think, so my stance would be, I want to be on the best, the, the optimum wheel size. I don't care what the mm-hmm. actual number is. I don't care if it's 26, 20, 36, 32, um, and for how I ride, like a trail rider riding in Squamish on some pretty aggressive trails, I could see a 32 inch front wheel making a lot of sense, mm-hmm. just like a 29 inch wheel makes a lot of sense. Do I want to see a new wheel size? Well, that's a different, that's a whole different argument. Well, let's go there. <laughs> what are we going to lose? Because we, you don't get anything for free. 
the people experimenting with wheel size will mean that we're not experimenting with other things. So, you know, it will be at the expense of something. That's where I'm giving you a lifeline here. <laughs> like, that's a bad thing about this. Dignity. So. It comes at the expense of Casper's <laughs> dignity, apparently. Oh, <laughs> well, he lost that a long time ago. Yeah. It's just making bikes, Mike, as perfect as possible. Because I think that even we just finally got geometry pretty good for 29-inch wheels in the last few years. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to go try to figure it out for the, but the next. But that's the job. Yeah. I'm not. Travis has a great job. I think he should keep doing whatever he's doing. Just experiment and ride all the time. That sounds amazing, which is like I'm I don't. I'm not going to tell people not to. I well, I would never say coming into this argument. I think Brian's argument was so good out of the gate. Yeah, like I'm not going to resist it because it's not my thing to. Like, what would I be like? The people in the comments, like every change is bad. Like you have to recognize that change happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I honestly thought you would yeah. be like that. Yeah. You know, well, because <laughs> I need to try things first. Like that's what I mean. That's one of the issues I have with so many people in the comments haven't tried things and they're just talking shit because it's different than what they have currently, which I understand if you brought something and then something new comes out, you want yours to be the best. I understand that thing, but I also feel like there are going to be more limitations with these bigger wheel sizes than we saw with 29 inch due to the size of the human body and how we ride and what trails, like just how mountain biking works. So, you know, a big wheel bike like this might work great in Durango, smoother tracks or even rockier things with more room, but you know, sending bigger jumps, I don't know. It's just a lot of Things to the same out. thing we're saying about yeah. today's wheel sites. No, yeah, I know that. I mean, I yeah. can't say otherwise. Like, what am I yeah, going to say? Exactly. No, this is not going to work. Like, I've never ridden it. It might work. But I also feel like we're getting into this nice, almost comfortable spot in the mountain bike world where everything works well and it's like figured out. And the shake it up again is kind of frustrating. There's something to be said for that too, isn't there, Casimir? Yeah, like I want things to be more refined. I mean, look at the mountain, the motorcycle guys. You don't see dirt bikers fucking around with their wheel sizes. Like, they're pretty settled. And They've been down that road before. Yeah, and like now they're that's settled. a really good point. <laughs> motorcycles, we always get the like, oh, motorcycles are so much cheaper than high-end bikes. And that's fair, but motorcycles don't have sizing, right? Like you buy a motorcycle that's the size you, of the motorcycle. Nobody does the yeah, size. Just the padding that you're sitting on your seat. Yeah, exactly. Height, like, yeah, yeah, but they don't do reach for your motorcycle. No, no. Um, yeah. And part, part of that is because, well, actually pretty much all of that is because your motor is the motor, whereas instead of, on mountain bikes, you are the motor, so you really do need to be in the perfect place. The other thing is that the motorcycles, because they don't have sizing, can pump out way more. So I do think that there's a huge disadvantage to having all these wheel sizes in everything's going to cost more. Like we aren't going to see cheaper bikes. If everything was 29er forever, if we just decided all mountain bikes are 29 inch wheels, and you're not allowed to have any, we had an actual wheel size standard forever. It's safe to assume that prices would get lower now. Yeah, I'm disappointed just, that Casimir took the high road on this discussion. Yeah, with that, just again, like, without trying them, maybe they're amazing. But I also just don't think that they're going to catch on. It's, I feel like this is more likely to go down the plus tire size route than mm. to be the next big thing. But we'll see. It's definitely worth saying that Tra- Travis doesn't have a perfect track record. He was a big proponent of the plus tires, like 29 plus stuff. To his point, like the 29 mm-hmm. plus, that track stash, that bike is super fun. So, you know, there are, all these bikes are going to be fun and like I'll goof around on a 36 inch bike and it'd be a good time. Like there's videos of people riding upstairs on them on, on, that already exist. Like on the 36. Yeah. 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 So like, I'm, I'm sure there, that's, I mean, one of the nice things about biking, there's all kinds of goofy things out there. You can do whatever you want, but as far as mainstream acceptance, I just don't see this as being the absolute ideal route to be taking at this time, but we'll see where it goes. I do think that the 36 is so far out on the bell curve for height 
that it might be hard. It might be a hard sell. Whereas the smaller wheel sizes are at least still useful on kids' bikes at some point in their height. Whereas like you do probably need to be pretty big to take advantage of the, those extra big wheel sizes. I think 32 is viable. I think we should probably see that in a couple of years. What, what would be the advantage besides your your optimum's flow spreadsheet my chart spreadsheet. thing? <laughs> but my <Yeah>. spreadsheet, guys. <laughs> like what's going to be the benefit like why does that why do we need a different wheel size more traction yeah faster more traction. you'll be faster you'll have more traction like you're slow on a 29 like you think radic thinks he's going to no slow but a, a 29er a 29er does have different and more traction than a 26er and a 27.5 inch wheel bike yeah. and and better rollover yeah and better rollover which is but levy you were the one the other day that said you liked when your bike lost traction you got that special yeah. on the edge feeling unless shorter travel bikes for sure yeah yeah let me control now that you want the one tire though <laughs> Let me what sounds like these tires the tire. will do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think the tires are making for these now. Sound perfect. Yeah. <laughs> the same reason that a roller, you know, if you're on a skateboard and you hit a little one little piece of gravel and you get dumped onto your head and you hit that same piece of gravel with a BMX and you're fine, like the bigger the wheel is in comparison to the things that it's rolling over, the smaller those bumps will feel. Yeah. So well, why do skateboards all have the same size wheels? They're stupid. <laughs> they're doing different stuff that's a whole different thing that was, that was a bad comparison a bad analogy but i get it i you can't argue against what brian is saying casimir like the bigger wheels have a better rollover they're gonna make going up and over the chunky stuff or down and over the chunky stuff require less effort yep. except for the turning i mean there's gonna be not necessarily things. yeah but that's you know, what i mean like a 36 inch wheel you don't think feeling that at the handlebar you're gonna notice that weight like you're the guy that wants steeper head angles for turning your on your super steep yeah. climbs. You complain about the enduro I, bikes all the time. Yeah, yeah. You think a but, 36 inch wheel bike is going to be like? Extra I mean, you go back to, to those climb. early 29ers compared to 29ers now. Like you know, things evolve and things change. And I don't doubt that someone could make a 32 or maybe a 36 handle well. I I I can't rule that out. And I want to go back to you when you were like, oh, but does Radic want to go faster or does Radic want a bigger wheel? And it's like, it doesn't matter what Radic wants. So you don't know that you want a bigger wheel. He's going to shove it down his throat. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I didn't know that I wanted a smartphone until a smartphone existed. You know? I don't want mine anymore. (laughs) Yeah, me neither. (laughs) Maybe that was a bad analogy. But (laughs) when you rode rode 26-inch wheel bikes and 29ers weren't a thing, you never thought, oh, you know what? I want a bigger wheel size. Yeah, I mean that's like I mean that's we're just going back to the point that I've made. That, yeah, I don't I can't say too much about them without trying them, but I do think that they're yeah. Okay, so like despite being totally wrong about everything here, Kaz does have one good point that other things do need to be addressed as well. Um, it is crazy that we're not seeing chainstay lengths grow and shrink with sizing, um, and it would be really nice if bikes stopped getting exponentially more expensive. So. If that's the price of larger wheels, I'll be disappointed. But I think I think we can do both. I don't think that's a I don't think it's an either or scenario. Well, there you go. Trek is experimenting with 32 inch, 36 inch wheels. Uh, I'm sure that's going to get a lot of people riled up. It's got us riled up. Uh, let us know what you think in the comments. Does it make sense? Are we going to see a 32 inch wheeled bike in a couple years? I'm about to go out on my 29 inch wheeled enduro. Casimir, what wheel size are you going to ride today? Yeah, I'm going to be on 29. All right, world. We'll see you next week. Take care. <laughs>